0: That you've tuned in because you love the word. We love the word, and we can't wait, hardly can't wait, to get to the word and find out what the Lord is speaking to us. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate that. We're going to begin a series this morning. You know what that means. It could go a hundred days, a hundred, or it could be done this morning. So we're just we're gonna we're gonna just start something and see what happens. And I'm gonna title it this morning just because that's as far as I've gotten The Amazing Christian the amazing Christian. I like to talk about what the Lord's doing, and the Lord is doing something amazing in us. Amen? So I want to lift up a Lord Jesus that is taking us to heaven. We're either physically going someday in one body, or we're having days of heaven down here in this body. Doesn't matter to us. I said it doesn't matter to us. Point yourself and say, hey, you. It doesn't matter to you. Days of heaven down here or heaven up there we're serving God. Well, that's the truth. So turn with me to Romans chapter 10 if you were would Romans chapter 10. Yay. We just need the word to come in. The, the Bible says there's a washing of the water of the word. So when you're out there, it's like dust in your house. Uh, you got to clean the filter every once in a while. How do you know that? Well, because there's dust You 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 uh, dust the house and on monday and on thursday, it looks like it's stacked up Well, why is that you don't see the dust coming down, but it does it's in the air and it settles and eventually it makes a residue Well, that's the same thing with the word of god. It washes us from the dust of the world The world is accumulating on us Mindsets from things we hear on TV or from things that are done politically or things that are done in the church, or just this report here that says that some people would rather that they would uh, let me read it again many Christians would stop being Christian before they stopped being a Democrat or a republican well see that that gets on you that's that's not dust that's a that's a dirt clod that's something that's uh, you got to dust yourself off from that and say Don't let that get in it arrests us politically not to be so involved and not to get our eye off the ball Because the kingdom of God is advanced and it's over this political system But it's playing out as the world plays out and we can't avoid it. It's even a part of our culture But we do have to have a right perspective and not get too lathered up because you'll get concerned about what's going on out there And the real reason we know anything is so we'll pray It's not so we'll say those blasted Republicans or those ding-dong Democrats or whatever, whatever. We'll say, you know, it's time to pray. It's time to put me in the right perspective and to keep that thing aligned because I'm an American. I have a voice. I have jurisdiction in here. So Romans chapter uh, 10, verse 9. Let's read it together. Verse 9. Ready, read. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So we've been talking about it, that it's more than just saying, I want Jesus in my heart. It's more than just saying, I want to miss hell. I want to go to heaven. where Whoever's there, whatever's happening, I just don't want to go to hell. It's more than that. It's a commitment that's more than just this day, this hour. It's more than just paying the lifetime premium on a policy. I'm confessing with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and if I can confess him at any time, then I should be able to continue confessing him because he's showing himself good. It's not like, Lord, I confessed you as my savior, and then all of a sudden bad things started happening to me because you were mad at me and you were walloping me. No, it got better. The devil did pile on. He did did throw some stuff, but it says thou shalt be saved. That word is not just for salvation, not just for salvation, Uh, Going to heaven. Salvation means that we're saved from chaos and distress unto peace. We're saved from dearth and lack and and poverty unto fullness and and funding. We're saved from disease and sickness and pain unto wholeness and health. So thou shalt be saved, Lord Jesus. My job in my own life is to make sure that I'm committing Him to the lordship of every area or every facet of my life. Some people, you'll, you'll, you'll talk to them, and you start saying something about lack, or we can't afford, and they'll just fly all over you. God's got it. This is his will. You, you're prosperous. This is good. And they're in great faith about supply and finances. But they get a little, they get a little boo-boo on their, on their cheek, you know, something that's just a little dot, and they just go wild. I need a surgeon. I need a special. They just go wild because there's no faith there. There's no lordship there about that area of their life. Amen. So that's the truth. So we're giving up ourself as Lord. When we make him Lord, we have to displace something. And this is the discomfort. Is It's not like we're just adding him on. You know, well, God, the, there's four four spaces in this car. There's just three of us in here. Come on in and just, you know, take up that fourth space. No, something somebody's got to be displaced. And when you make Jesus Lord, you got to displace me. Can't have it both ways. And we looked at the scriptures that says you can't have two masters. You'll love the one and despise the other. Uh, so what happens when we uh, make him Lord, we are... Refathered from above. refathered. We make Jesus Lord, we're refathered. So it's not where God just gives you a gold star and say, come in here where the people are with gold stars, and if you don't act up, if you act up, we're going to take away your gold star, and you're going to have to go back over there. No, we're changed on the inside, aren't we? We're, we are transformed. The old man we were is annihilated, the new man. Hallelujah. We're new creatures in Christ. So we're refathered from above by the Lord Jesus, so whatever he is is what we are too. And so uh, when we became born again, when we made Jesus Lord, we were lawfully, legally cut off from the world's wisdom and the world's ways of doing things. Now, this is important because it says that God has a different way of doing for us. What way is that? It's his way. Y'all think God's way works all the time? Real good? He's got a, he's batting a thousand, or whatever that is, a hundred thousand. Yeah, batting a thousand, hallelujah. He's, he's hit everything every time over the fence, and that's what he wants for you and me. So uh, what happens is at the new birth, when you make him Lord, and you, you lawfully and, and purposefully dethrone yourself doesn't mean that we don't crawl back up there sometimes and say, I want to be boss here. But we lawfully dethrone ourselves, and to that degree and to that point that we dethrone ourselves and make Jesus the Lord of our life, that it gives him, when we give him all, then he gives us all. It's that same thing we looked at. It's the principle, the more you can give him the more he can give you. Now, he's got your name written on the big check. He's, it's all of heaven, all of heaven. Not like, well, if you're better, if you'll act nicer, you can get healed. It's all there, every bit. So, so what, what we have to say is, Lord, I'm giving you all. I'm making you the Lord Jesus. What do you have for me? What is it that you're offering? Okay, I get a free ride to heaven. I don't have to go to hell, no matter how bad I am. What is it that you've got? And what he says that he has, listen to me, he has us a life of faith. I, you didn't expect that, but, but that's really what it is. We have a responsibility to make him Lord, and he has a responsibility to be Lord. To be Lord. To, if I say, Lord, I'm making you Lord, then he says, I'm responsible to take care of you. If you bring if you if you conceive a child and bring him or her into the world, you as a parent are responsible for everything. There was 3 dirty diapers yesterday at our house. <laughs> our grandson was there and we were responsible so I took my authority and sent Deborah into the room, and she <laughs> she was good at what she did. <laughs> Hallelujah. The kid came back happy. Actually, he never was unhappy, but, uh, but I was certainly happier. Hallelujah. Uh, so what we have is that, G- that the Lord, the kingdom, is responsible for me. And, and Christian, believer, we got we to gotta get it off of us that we're responsible for us. Now that I made him Lord, if I did, in whatever area, he's responsible. You know, the army that we're in is not a warring army. We're in a standing army. We're not in a fighting army. I'm in the Lord's army. Well, that doesn't, you know, we got to fight. We got to do warfare. No, you don't. Jesus already did warfare, and he whooped him from... Three days from Sunday is what we'll say. He is absolutely defeated so much that he's totally embarrassed in front of his own cohorts and his own minions, and he's mad. He's trying to get revenge on the Lord for making such a fool of him. Uh, so the, the fight that we have is just to be in the standing army. The fight that we have is the good fight of faith. There is no other fight. There is no other pleasing God. I got to get on God's good side. no. You can't get on his better side. He's already made you on the best side you can be on. There's nothing you can do to make him like you more, and thank goodness, there's nothing you can do to make him like you less. He's all in because of Jesus. Aren't you glad? See, but, 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 but every day we get up and we open our pretty blue eyes or our pretty brown eyes, whatever you happen to open up, and we're facing a day, a 24-hour day, and, and, and the fight is out there. There's, there's a fight out there. Uh, get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. You know, dog, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world. The early bird gets the worm. All the things that, that connote, we got to get out there and fight. But the truth is, he already fought for us, and he won. And when I make him the Lord, I get to come into his victory. I'm out of darkness into his marvelous light. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew chapter 11. Let's look at this a minute because he's saying, he's saying that if I make him Lord, and I do, I said I do, do y'all, amen, we make him Lord. Sometimes we don't even know what that means, but we give, we, we put our best out there until we can know more. So we make him Lord and he says, if you make me Lord, I'm responsible for you. It doesn't mean it's just going to be like ripe cherries on a tree, but it means that it's there for you to legally access. But faith is what you have to get into to access. It's, uh, you can get three gallons of gas, which will get you to Birmingham and back, and you can have them in a little red uh, uh, jug with a little yellow nozzle on it, And but if you don't have a machine that will transfer or or transact that gasoline into power into moving, then your three gallons of gas, you're, you're sitting on the side of the road. But if you have an automobile, if you have faith, it will convert the word into whatever you need. Faith will convert it. But you, you got you to gotta take what's in here, the legal access to it, and you've got to put it out there. And pour it into the car, pour it into the Word, and the, the Word will take you to Birmingham and back, take you to heaven back, take you to supply and back, take you to health and wholeness and back. It's, it's like, well, I just want him to do it. If I'm his, he just needs to do it. That's not how it works. Faith is what pleases God. It says in chapter 11 of uh, Matthew, oh, I, I live to read these scriptures. Verse 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor... The word labor there really means, actually means uh, works hard and grows weary. It, the word is also translated exhausted. So come unto me all ye that are exhausted and, and just emptied out and are heavy laden. And I, the Lord Jesus said, I will give you rest. That word is refreshment. It means to be put at ease. He said everything you got that's not what you want. I've got an answer for me for you, but you've got to come to me. Come to me. Well, God knows where I am. If He wants to bless me, he, he knows where I am. That's not how it works. He says, "Come to me. Seek me, Jeremiah said. Uh, and, I'm, and I will be found. Seek me. So there's, there's a responsibility on my side that if he's really Lord, I have to enter into a following him a pursuit of him to maintain the transaction in my life. So uh, it's in the Amplified, it says, I want you all to get this, for my yoke is wholesome, wholesome yoke. A yoke is, you know what a yoke is. Yoke is what is put on uh, anybody to make them be able to pull the load. If it's an oxen yoke or if it's a yoke for two mules or two oxen, uh, It's something that that wraps over their shoulders so they can pull the implement, whether it's a wagon or a plow or or whatever. So yokes are not usually good, but in this case, you're you're of no use unless you have a yoke. An oxen is worth nothing if you can't somehow hook it up to the wagon, right? It's just going to sit there and and eat your groceries (laughs) and fill up the stall with other stuff. Can I say that? And not do anything unless you can put it in a yoke. Well, we all have to be put into a yoke too. We're raw. We're, we're, we're not usable as we are. And the yoke of the word of God is what makes us, faith makes us, puts us in a yoke. And he says, Amplified says, my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh. Say it with me. Not harsh. It's not hard, sharp, or pressing. But listen to this, they amplified. Don't you love the multiple choice words? But comfortable, my yoke is comfortable, my yoke is gracious, my yoke is pleasant. So we don't shun the yoke because it's good news. The Lord's going to put a yoke on me. He's going to call me to do children's church. He's going to call me to do soul winning. He's going to call me to clean the church. And it's pleasant, it's gracious. And what was that other word? Comfortable. I'm made for this. There's a grace in his yoke that makes what I am, who I am, what I can do, whatever he put in me, it makes it where there's an output or a a remedy for my life that's just sitting here full of energy, full of life, but no way to expend it, and so I'm not happy. We're never happy when we're off just in static, not pulling on something. He said, and my burden, same amplified, my burden is light. And easy to be born. Now I'm telling you, being a Christian is good news. Oh, I got to go to work. I'm a Christian now. The way, the, way of the, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. The passion, don't y'all love the passion? It says of uh, verse 30, it says, You will find refreshment and rest in me. Say refreshment. Ah, we got refreshment in the Lord. He's talking about uh, my burden. He said, "I, I it's refreshing, the yoke. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. It's hard being a Christian, they say. No, it isn't. It's uh, pleasant and easy to bear. Now, that's the truth. This is the truth. Your feelings are not the truth. Your opinion is not the truth. It's something that you formed out of your head Because some religious act or some tradition that's not from the Word, uh, it became your experience. Same thing that people say, well, Christians are all this or all that, you know, and and maybe they got abused, or maybe a, a Christian or a deacon or an elder or a trustee or a pastor did something wrong. And they go, well, I'm better than that. I don't have to go to church. Sure you do. You don't have to go to church to be born again, but you do have to go to church to be strong. Point yourself with me and say, hey you, you. be strong. strong. That's what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to be strong. A standing army is strong. The devil doesn't come, the enemy doesn't come, because he comes and he sees there's going to be a fight that he can't win because we are strong in him. Amen. So the Bible implies here by the lord jesus that the man and woman and of god of faith has an easy life. Now you 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 heard it here first. We have an easy life. You go, well that's not my experience. You know, I I got sick and I like to never got over it. It was hard, it was terrible and I lost my job or I you know, I stock market or whatever, my 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 ex-wife, she got it all, whatever people's story are about finances. And I was a Christian, and I was giving, and it was hard. Well, there are things. The Bible says in, uh, in James chapter 1, it says, Rejoice when you fall into divers' trials and temptations. And so you go, what's that all about? Because so, then it goes on and says, For the triumph your faith will produce patience. Apparently, patience, faith and patience, you can win. So we want it to be yesterday or no more than today at lunch. We want it to be over. But there's a trying of your faith, a building up, a strengthening that comes when we fall into diverse trials. God doesn't send them. He doesn't sanction them. He doesn't uh, 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 say, this is from me. But when they come, if they're a little bigger than what we're used to, and that's what a trial would be, anything that's not, that's not a trial is something we've already mastered, Y'all don't get drunk on Saturday night anymore, do you? Why? Well, that's a diver's trial that we've mastered. Just kidding, y'all. Just kidding. Maybe it's buzzed. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying all the stuff that we've grown strong to isn't a trial anymore. Everything that's a trial is something that's still out there that we haven't conquered in our experience. Amen. Amen. So, let me ask you this. If we have a life of, that's easy in the Lord Jesus Christ, what is our advantage? What is our edge? What is your advantage to being a Christian? Well, have an easy life. Well, if you get your big enough 401k and you get to be 55 years old and you know a little island in the tropics, that's an easy life, except then you're concerned about all that money that's funding that, if somebody's going to get it, or if you're going to lose it, or if the stock market, or your 4-0 whatever, you know, all that stuff. Rich people do not have an easy, peaceful life, because they're afraid somebody's going to get it. Bill Gates said the other day, he said about this uh, taxing the the wealthy thing that uh, one of the candidates is uh, proposing, he said, listen, I've given more than any American has ever given in taxes. He said, I've given $10 billion. And if they come along with a thing that says, we want $20 billion. Amazon stock dropped the other day, and so now Bill Gates is the richest man in, I guess, the world, certainly U.S. So, so he's talking and he says, I would even give $20 billion. But he said, when you go past 20, he said, I have to look at what's left. And that's what everybody, you know, you may not be in the B word or even the M word, you may be in the T word, thousands. You may be in the H word. (laughs) Hundreds, praise God. But it doesn't matter. You know, somebody said one time, I'm down to my last 10,000s and uh, my hair's on fire. I don't know what we're going to do. It's like, you're down to your last 10,000? I've been many a times when I was down to my last 10s. Do y'all know what we're talking about here? Everybody's been through that little portable, portal. Nobody has said, I was born rich, always been rich, and never had a scare. Because even when you're rich, you have a, you're down to your last 100,000. You're, you're nervous, you can't eat, you uh, you're, uh, you're, you're, get paranoid, you're down to your last 100,000. It's all relative. Everywhere you are has a nervous spot. So back to that. Uh, uh, I've heard people say, and y'all have too, well, it must not be my time. I, I should have been killed. I should have uh, gone up in smoke with the fire, but I, it must not have been my time. Well, it wasn't your time, but it's never anybody's time. The Lord is long suffering, and He's not willing that any should perish. So, uh, uh, the answer to what is our edge, let me tell you, it's destiny. Say it with me. Destiny. Now, we don't like that's not a good Christian word. We don't like that word, but it's in all-encompassing. And I'm going to tell you, there's a race that's been put on you to run. There's a course for you to follow. There's a life that, uh, that the Lord, a blueprint, if you would, that from the foundation before the beginning of the world that the Lord already assigned to you and I. How could he do that? That's God. I can't put my head around how he could 10 million years ago or whatever say, Michael Ray... I got this mapped out for you. It's like, Lord, I'm not even a thought to my parents yet. You know, they, They're still in high school or whatever. He said, I got this thing. I already know the end from the beginning. So it's destiny. God has a plan for Garland, for Justin, for Deborah Ann, for Jonathan. He's got a plan for all of us. And it's lined out and that plan is perfectly structured. There is no trouble in that plan. So if we always zig when the plan says zig and we always zag when the plan says zag, we never have any trouble. But I've, been, I've had a lot of experiences where I was zigging where it was said zag and I, I was on the wrong side. Y'all ever been on the wrong side? not mean, not not uh, rebellious, just didn't get it, just wasn't paying attention, just didn't get the life right. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm talking about the amazing Christian. Now, here's the problem, among many, is that we, the world, not us, but the world, but un- inattentive Christians think, 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 wrong, we're not made to think, we're, th- we're made to believe, aren't we? Thinking is something we used to do, but now believing is what we do. We're not that good at thinking anymore, I can tell you. So we think that everybody is, like the world says, everybody's born with a good heart. But sometimes, you know, people mess them up and they get off of their good heart and do bad things. But they're basically good. There's, they, they say that all people are basically good, inherently good. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that after the age of accountability, five, six, seven, eight, whatever, however slow or fast you were, that sin comes, sin, present, sin rises up in us, and the old, the old nature, that'd be the new old nature, it prevails, and all of a sudden we have need of a Savior. Now... Uh, uh, there's a time of innocence where the Lord takes babies and people before that time, he takes them to heaven. You got a five-year-old and something terrible happens and it is terrible, what? They didn't get get Jesus in their heart or whatever. They're in heaven. Yay. But we all know when the age accountability was. You can't hardly get it at the time because you don't even know what that is. But looking back, we can see Looking back, you can see, you know, I was about eight years old when I realized that I was a sinner, that, the, that I wasn't good inside, that I was having rebellious and unlawful thoughts. So uh, we're made in the, new image of Je- in the image of Jesus. We're made new, and now we are in his kingdom, and that old man that we were has no power. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says in verse 10... I want to read verse 10 to you. It says, to the intent that now under the principalities and power in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, we know about those, they're unseen, they're, they're invisible, they're demons and angels and all that. Are you all with me? amen, they're in, they're in heavenly places, that it might be known by the church, by the church. Well, everybody knows the church is dumb as a rock, deaf as a post, can't figure out anything, always messing up. We got scandals in the church all over the world right now that are worse than any other organization. You never heard about a worldwide sexual abuse in the PTA. It's in the church. You go, what? This scripture can't be right. Might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, what's up with that? The Bible says that all the entities that are in the earth will look for wisdom in God and find it in the church. Let me read it to you in the message. It's a, is that message up there? Well, it's coming. Hallelujah. The message says, I am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. He said they were inexhaustible. And that they were generous. My task is to bring out in the open... And make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Would you all be willing to admit that, that God has been doing a lot of things behind the scenes? And every once in a while, we, we rise up for a breath and we see how good God was, even when it seemed like he wasn't even tuned in. We look back and say, wow, wow. And that's where people say, it must not have been my time, because God is so good that he saves us if there's any opportunity, he delivers us out. He's not willing that any should perish. Through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels, the angels, the angels that are in his presence all the time. They're saying, look at that, yeah, buddy, church. Look at the wisdom of God. Look, we're we're in front of God all the time, but we don't see his wisdom in his presence. We have to go down and look at the church and see the wisdom of God. The amazing goodness of God is being demonstrated, being brought forth in the church. So that's our potential. That's who we are. That's, That's the label on the desk that we sit at is the church, the wisdom of God demonstrated. Do you feel like that? Well, you don't even feel saved, actually. Some days I don't. Oh, y'all are so holy and pious. Hallelujah. Well, what's wrong with him? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that last part again. My task is to bring out into the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through Christians like yourselves, church at Ephesus, church at River Church, through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known. Say right now. now. Is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Now that... If that's not revelation to y'all, y'all are further along than I am, that's for sure. Because it's, it's hard to wrap your head. You can't wrap your head around that. You can only get in faith about it and say, well, I believe it because he said it. There's nothing that feels like this is happening. The passion, we like the passion. It says, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us. For, or why, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Say, I'm on track. We're on track. You go, this isn't it. When when you have uh, races like the Iditarod and like the Sahara... Uh, thing that they do with uh, cars that you go across the Sahara in these these dune buggy things you know there's all sorts of things that are not straight narrow and and cushy tough it's those things that describe what's really inside of the people that are racing it's not the straight narrow dear Lord I can drive down the straight narrow usually but it's those things where you're, there's a cliff and a pit and a sand dune and a, you know, an alligator whatever's out there. That's what tests us. The, uh, the writer of the Passion Translation, he had a footnote about this word poetry. We have become his poetry, a recreated people. He says the word poetry, it's the literal word in the uh, Hebrew, the Greek. He said that means our lives are the beautiful poetry written by God, that will speak forth all that he desires in life i'm important are you important this morning we are important do you feel important well no they're not saying oh mr cash can i get your autograph and can we have a statement because we you're all over the world now now nobody cares about garland and michael and just it would nobody cares except our family and even sometimes they're mad at us sometimes it doesn't seem like they care hallelujah He says uh, of the word good works, where it says God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. The word good works, he said, these good works make up our destiny. As we yield to God, our prearranged destiny comes to pass. As we yield to God, as we yield to God, as we make him Lord, I feel like doing this, Lord, but you say do that, so I'm going to do it your way because Jesus is Lord. Our prearranged destiny comes to pass, and we are rewarded for, look, 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 for simply doing what he wanted and enabled us to accomplish. Wow. That makes my yoke is easy and my burden is light a little clearer. It's like, this isn't hard. It's already all over me. I'm already been put with everything I need to fulfill my destiny. Can Michael Ray sing? I promise you, he can't. I want to, I wish I could. i do it by myself anyway, just like, because I don't mind me as much as everybody else does, but it is not my destiny to sing. Joyful noise, I'm all over it. But I don't have to, because it's not in my whatever, and God's not even helping me with it, obviously. Obviously, because I've been, you know, they kicked me out of the choir in high school. Yeah, they said, uh, I was in the choir every morning, early, and one day Miss Shock said, uh, we're going to a uh, contest. And she said, uh, there's two or three of y'all that you need to just stay home. And I quit choir after that little, yeah, it was, it was terrible, but it was, they wanted to win. And they didn't think I could help them. (laughs) It was terrible. I went on. I didn't go to choir anymore after that. It was reality. But you know, Second Corinthians chapter four. You know, we're just let. We do a lot of word here. When I give Barry a card back there with all the scriptures that we go through, we don't. It's a five by seven and or three by five, and sometimes I can't get them all on all the lines that are there. That's when I know I have too much. But we let the Word speak around here. You know, we'll have what we think the Word means. We can extrapolate that. But we let the Word speak. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, because that's the only thing that's truth. My opinion doesn't mean anything. It's what the truth says. In chapter 4, verse 3, it says, "...but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them which are lost." in whom the God of this world, make sure I'm in the right place here, Second, okay, in whom the God of this world, so there is a, this, this word God is little g, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So why are we surprised when we go out and, and, and do business with the unsaved, the sinner, the unbeliever, they look like us. They've got more degrees than we do. They've got more money than we do. They've, they've got more uh, uh, expertise than we do, but they're dangerous to us because they are blinded by the God of this world, and you can't trust them. I read the other day, and this is not the same, but it's close, about a family dog that had been a perfect pet for years and years, just a good boy. They had a child, she was three years old, and she's toddling around in the backyard, and the dog, for whatever reason, attacks this child, and literally, I don't want to be gross, but uh, ripped her to pieces. And they're going, what, what, what? Well, a dog has an animal nature, and you can train it, and you can, you can make it go down a path and conform and whatever, but if you ever trigger that where it gets into its dog nature... We're not safe. You go, well, what's that got to do with it? Well, people that are not born again have a demonic, satanic nature. You don't like those words? Okay, we'll call it a fallen nature. Would you like that? Would you like to call it a a sinner? That's a little bit better. We can get along with sinner. But I'll tell you, their father is the devil, Jesus said. The devil who hates our guts and everything about our future and has, has promised to put everything in our path to, to bring destruction to us. That's who's running the show with these people. And so as long, and, and Romans tells us the reason they get along is because they're afraid of the law. You have to put the lawless, the law is for the lawless and you have to put them under the law that says if you do bad things according to your nature, we're gonna lock you up for a long time. And so they know that, and so they stay restrained under the law, but that doesn't mean that it's not a restraint. They are always restrained. The Lord of the Flies book told about how we would act if we didn't have order, if we didn't have the law. Y'all read that book back in you-know-where, long time? Well, that's, that was true. And so you and I, can, we, we cannot be unequally yoked with one. Doesn't the word say that? You go, well, why is that? I'm telling you why that. They are full of the devil and the sweetest people you'll ever meet and kinder than most Christians, more benevolent, more generous than many, many Christians because they've trained their soul. They brought their soul under subjection to the law. But I brought my soul under subjection to the Lord Jesus. So it doesn't matter what the law is. I, you put me in a lawless environment, I'm under him, and I'm going to do right no matter what. When, when nobody's looking, I'm going to be doing right. I'm under subjection. I'm under submission. So where were we? Uh, I'm still reading it right. I'm still reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. "...in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them." Do you all remember when that light shined unto us? We got born again, or we got convicted, and we got like, ah, I got to do something, I'm miserable, this isn't right. And we yielded to it, we found somebody found us, or a laborer, or a church, or somebody, and we got born again, and it changed everything. But, you know, if we like chocolate then. We still like chocolate. But on the inside, we were different. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord, Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves for your your, your servants for Jesus' sake. So I'm serving the kingdom. And how do you serve the king? You serve his people. Well, Lord, I'm going to just stand here in the lotus position, sit here in the lotus position, and just uh, uh, just uh, wait on you. That's not how we serve him. The Bible says it's the lifting of hands and the thanks unto his name that's, that worships him and that it's, if, you've, if you serve the people, you've served him. So that's why we do it. It's not because you're pretty. It's not because you promised me anything. It's not because it's because love just... Is compelled. Yay. Uh, but it says in verse, uh, where were we? Uh, verse 7, we'll go there. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Ah, you can't see it. Why? That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. Now look, look. We are troubled on every side. Are you a Christian and troubled on every side? The world's out there, and who's out there with the, in the world? The unregenerated, un- sinful man, full of darkness, full of the devil. We've been refathered from above, but they're not. So they think like the God of this world. He's trained them. He's brought movies into their life. They brought political systems into their life. They brought all sorts of stuff into their life, and they're trained by it, and they think like it. But they stay under the law so that we can even work among them and and live among them. Uh, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Who in here is not distressed? Troubled on every side, but not distressed. Don't be distressed because of the trouble around you. Because you're you have the manifold wisdom of God working in you. Oh, we're all gonna get fired. You're not. If I got fired, it'd just be better for a better one. It'd just be because I'm fixing to walk into a better. I'll tell you all a secret. I'm on camera, but I'm going to say it anyway. I noticed everybody braced up right then. (laughs) The Lord told me in Seminole, Texas, I was pastoring a church, a good church, a good church, and I was faithful over a little. I was hitting it. I was... I was, I'm I'm not giving myself an attaboy, but I said, I'm saying I was after God. And he told me, he said, faithful over little, master over much, I cannot bring you your promotion in this area. I must move you. And y'all believe that or not, it doesn't matter to you whether it's true or not, but it's very true to me. I got moved because he could not bring me my promotion in that place. You go, God can do anything. Jesus couldn't. He could hardly do anything in his hometown. This was my hometown or my home county. So he said, I'm going to move you so that I can promote you. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't done what the Lord sent me to Alabama to do. It has not come yet. I'm in a day of preparation. I'm still in the day of preparation. I'm working stuff out of my life that, that's toxic and poisonous and I'm working stuff into my life that's, that's life and powerful and keeps, keeps me going. That's what you're all doing. Strong. That's the word strong. Be, strong. Be strong. Be strong. The word strong or the strengthening of the Lord is used more than it is about getting saved in the New Testament. Yay. Well, where was I? See, it didn't even hurt to hear that. That's what I believe. So if you lose your job or whatever, the Lord, it dries up. That was my point right there. It's because he couldn't bring you your promotion in that spot, in that place. It was too little for who you were. Okay, verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Oh, everybody should be persecuted. If you're a Christian, you will be. Cast down, but not destroyed. I'll never forget it. It'll go with me to my grave, what they did or what happened to me. Ah, not destroyed. That was hard. That was very challenging. I had to call on God to get over that. But now I'm on the other side, and I'm better for it. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Okay, that's enough of that. And so, uh, we're the amazing Christian. You are the amazing Christian. Trouble all around. Never took a hit. Fell down, but the Bible says if, uh, if you fall down and your two is better than one, your partner will pick you up. That's our gift in the church. That's our gift. It's because we, we, we don't say, scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. We say, the Lord scratched my bike back, I'll scratch yours, if you can use that kind of idiom. And so we're we're knit together. You having trouble? I'm on the way. I'm having trouble, we're on the way. It doesn't express itself good in the church. We are certainly not walking in that love I'm talking about in the worldwide church. But there's lots of sinners in the church. A lot of sinners are on the boards of the church. They're on the board. So they're running, the, the God of this world is running them who's running the church. You ought to join up there and see what happens. Not much. Amen. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we will quit with this. I am so, I, I so have another page and a half of notes. <laughs> but wisdom and discretion is watching over me. Hallelujah. Uh, we'll be back. We'll get it another time. But look in First Corinthians chapter 2, you got to know this. If, if you are the amazing Christian, this is why in verse 16. Read it with me, the whole verse. Ready, read. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Let's put it in first person. But I have the mind of Christ. Where is the mind of Christ? It's right down here. It's down here. This up here is that world thing. It tells you to, uh, 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 to, uh, to breathe. It tells you to, uh, uh, to pass your tests. It tells you to uh, get in the car and turn it on. With the, it tells us all that stuff. But it can't tell you anything about who you are. It can't tell you about any place you're going. It can just tell you what it remembers, what it experienced, the fears and the troubles that it would not deal with. It would not be renewed, so that when someone passes away that's dear to you, that you can get past it—not only past it, but triumph in it. It—it's got all that mess in there, and if you live by that, you're not living very good. But we have the mind of Christ. I know who I am. As He is, so am I in this world. Greater is He that is in me than He is in the world. He always causes me to triumph in Him. Ha 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 ha! I win. We win. I win everywhere all the time. Not always the first day, but I'm in the fight. And if you're in the fight, you will come out victorious. Yeah, there's a fight. We fight the good fight of faith. It's not always fun. But on the other hand, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And a lot of the things that he has us doing or that we go through is not even for us. Did you ever think about getting strong so that in a day ahead, you can save somebody? I like that firefighters and EMTs and EMGs and whatever they are, EMS, those folks anyway that get in the big trucks and honk their horns at intersections, I like that they've been through training. I like that they know how to bring somebody back. I like they know, you know, what to, what to shoot you up with and where to put the oxygen mask, you know, so it's like put it here. Oh, well, you needed more training. <laughs> I like that they're trained and that they help people. Well, the Lord's not going to think less of us and saying, you know, I'm just going to throw you out there, and you don't know Jack. You don't know nothing. You are a diddly squat. You, you, we, you can't help anybody. I want him to take me through something rigorous and help me win. So that my job, my job of love, your job of love is that when somebody comes up and they're about to lose it, you can step in and stop the devil from running over them and then save them, bring them up and say, this is how it works. Instead of saying God needed a rose for his garden or some garbage, some mess, some, some God of this world doctrine. That's who we are. God, the angel said, we're looking down at the church to see what is the wisdom of God. You'd think they'd be with God. They'd know it, but he he put it in us. You can't even get your little head around that. I sure can't. What is it about me that is so special? Psalm 8 says, what is man that God is mindful of him? What? It's Jesus. Amen. Amen. That was a good word this morning, y'all. It's a word, and that's what we preach. Be strong. And that's what that word is. Be strong. Are you strong this morning? Are the de- is the devil under your feet? Shh. I stomp him on the way in, and I stomp him on the way out. That's what we say, isn't it? Amen. We are devil stompers. Praise God. We're mindful of our adversary. We know we have to stay strong, but if we're strong, it doesn't matter what he has or what he does and what he thinks. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in this morning to River Church. There's someone that's in our uh, audience that has a, uh, what do you call those? Uh, a varicose vein, something that's in your leg. And... Uh, You've even looked it up, and it says phlebitis, and it's very painful, and it doesn't look good for you. It looks like you're never going to be stronger than you are now, and likely you're going to lose some mobility and some, but I tell you right now, the Lord Jesus looked ahead to you and said, I got this. So in Jesus' name, I declare you healed, whole, and healthy. Just receive it. Just receive healing from the Lord right now for your legs, and not just what's bothering you now, but the condition overall so that it doesn't come back. I declare you healed. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Yay. Yay. Let's put our hand over our heart right now or on your body. And let's just right now, because, because we just found out, I mean, we just got you didn't find out, but you just got it renewed and refreshed. How powerful we are and what God has put in us. So the symptoms that are in your body, and there's symptoms in everybody's body. Right now, we're going to arrest those in Jesus' name. And we're going to tell the manifold wisdom of God knows what to do. So we're going to lay hands on ourselves, and we're going to release the life of God. The life of God has just been released in you by the Word of God. Faith has come, has arisen by hearing the Word. So we're going to act on the Word. We're people of faith. We live by faith. So whatever symptom it is, you address it in your own voice, but don't think it. Speak it. Speak it and then lay hands on yourself and say, I receive healing for my body. Just go ahead and in your own voice. And I tell these symptoms, be gone in Jesus' name, and then address them. If it's stomach, if it's your, if it's your ears, whatever it is, in Jesus' name, I receive healing For this particular symptom, in Jesus' name, high cholesterol, low uh, heart rate, whatever it is, high blood pressure, just right now, let's release power into our bodies, life into our bodies, authority in our bodies, and say, you got to go. I'm never going to be this sick again, and I'm going to be never this weak again. In Jesus' name, I'm coming up now, and I lay hold of the word of God's power for my body, body Be strong in the name of Jesus, and don't be sick. I resist you, devil, and your lives in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we always say you're healed, whole, and healthy. We're full supplied and wealthy. Praise God. Amen. So thank you for, for joining us this morning. We'll see you Wednesday. Praise God.